Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey there, everyone. Kristen up here at the top with just a couple of quick notes for you before we roll into a very special episode where LaToya Ferguson is in pod with us discussing all that we journeyed through in season one of The X-Files and, of course, all that we think might come in season two of The X-Files. And also, um, very important for those of you invested in the Sexual Tension Awards. I know many of you are. Emily Brackett's McLongstreet will be returning to do our season one X-Files final bracket. That is where all of the winners from the season one episodes are pitted against each other to find out once and for all who had the most sexual tension in season one. This Friday, the final showdown for season one will commence. You can find all of that information at bufferingcast.com slash STA. Something you should also know is that uh, we announced our Buffy prom for 2024. It is happening at the Bell House in Brooklyn. It is actually spanning three nights for those of you who have VIP tickets. All of the information is at bufferingcast.com slash prom. And I'm here to let you know that at least as of this taping, There are only four tickets that remain for the VIP bundle. That means if you want to come to trivia and if you want to pile up and watch a couple of episodes of Buffy on the Sunday after prom, you should act now because probably those will go very soon. Bufferingcast.com slash prom. That event is happening on the 19th, 20th, and 21st of April in Brooklyn. Hell yeah. In the main feed, we will be back again tomorrow with our continued coverage of Slayer's A Buffyverse Story. Uh, And if you're an X-Files head, we will see you in the new year with season two. Hello, (laughs) and welcome to the X-Files. My friends, that is the E-X-Files, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of the X-Files one by one, spoiler free. I am a liver-eating bat owl, Jenny Owen Youngs. I'm also the ex-wife of Kristen Russo. Which one's better and which one's worse? (laughs) (laughs) A ranking, um, hmm, liver-eating bat owl, ex-wife of Kristen Russo. It's really tough to say. We're going to have to keep going. And let me introduce to you my trusty co-host, a lofted bed with a tiny desk underneath, Kristen Russo. (laughs) Uh, I was actually going to introduce myself as the smug bitch of the podcast, but I think actually, actually, perhaps there's someone else here with us who might want that title more than who me. Who might be a slightly more smug bitch. Sm- a little smuggier, yeah. Uh, Latoya Ferguson, welcome yes. to the fucking pod. The panic in my eyes when you started calling yourself the smug bitch, because I'm like, if we have to do a name, I'm smug bitch. <laughs> or yeah, I yeah. am redacted, which is anything from the episode Roland. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, the whole episode we redacted our whole episode. So yeah, oh my god, it's uh, I will just say it's because uh, Zelko Ivanek, who plays Roland, is a phenomenal actor. Love him in everything. Damages, I will always pr- sing the praises of Damages. The Practice, uh, he was a DA in the Practice. Um, but let's not talk about Roland. <laughs> No, this is the most we'll ever talk about Roland, right? That sounds good. Yeah, that's that's about it. Um, we're here. Roland, Roland, Roland. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's got jokes. She came with jokes. Uh, we're here today to recap what has been a uh, roller coaster ride on the first season of The X-Files. And Latoya, you've joined us for a layer here and a layer there, but um, you're here with us for the whole damn episode, baby. 
Yeah. Big Daddy is here. Is Big Daddy the precise opposite of Little Jenny? (laughs) (laughs) It would seem so, wouldn't it? Wow. Oh, God. All right. Also, it's your lair. Big Daddy's got like a little baby in her lap right now for the listeners. (laughs) I feel like. Yeah, there's a Dahlia on the pod. I feel like all, I'm just doing a little math here. I feel like all big daddies are smug bitches, but not all smug bitches are big daddies. That is true. Is that, that is true. That's Thank accurate. Great. Yep. Great. Yep. Starting yep. strong. Um, uh, Latoya, I want to begin because you've, you've talked to us in pod about very specific things and you've uh, produced, a, like, you know, we've read some of your notes and things, but I just want to get your general thoughts on this season of television. Uh, so I will say, thankfully, for the most part, the series was less scary than expected, <laughs> although the opening theme still does me in. Uh, mm-hmm. The happiest I've ever been was hearing the theme in major chords. I'm like, that's what it should be all the time. <laughs> Let's do that instead, even for this podcast. Let's change it to that <laughs> yes. because oh. that makes me feel at ease as opposed to every time I watch an episode. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but I, I said this, especially uh, in the EBE episode, my notes there, that was kind of what I'd hoped the show was more like. So like EBE and the Erlenmeyer flask, I'm like, okay, th- hopefully we get more of this in the future. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but I'll tell it on uh, the pod now. So I was at uh, a TCA press store, the Television Critics Association, of which I am a part of, Probably for uh, this is probably my last year because I do not know if I will have enough uh, critic credits next year to 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 stay in, honestly. Um, So someone please hire me as a writer on TV uh, so I can make the transition fully. Um, Hire LaToya. Hire LaToya. I was uh, there one year of the tour when they were doing uh, the return season of The X-Files. It's not a reboot. It's like a continuation season, basically. Um, and they showed us, because all they had really was a clip to show us of footage. And so this is all I've really seen of The X-Files besides Space, uh, a sh- an episode I had um, blacked out during because I was so scared to watch The X-Files. <laughs> and seeing the scene, I thought it was a bit because it was possibly the worst thing I've ever seen these two actors <laughs> do. And <laughs> so I'm like, I know the show gets less great, but right now... Even at its worst, it's still better than that one clip I saw. (laughs) And I'm like, knowing more about the show and uh, things I've been saying that in my notes that have not made it to the pod, I'm like, I bet Chris Carter wrote that scene and that episode. (laughs) Do you, Latoya, was there a moment um, since you brought up the scary, you know, the scariness factor, which was you know, your biggest reason for possibly not working with us on the show is that it might be too scary. And I know that you weren't as scared as you thought you would be. That's great because it means you'll, I hope, join us for season two. But were you, is there a moment that sticks out um, in season one as like the moment you were most scared? I mean, a, a creepy child, especially a creepy smug bitch is always uh, something in general. But I would have to say possibly just ice because of the, the the tension and it made it like, it was a good horror movie in episodic television form pretty much. And that's more a suspense thing, but like. And had no. a little like body horror to yeah. it too. I feel like the body horror is generally what gets me mm-hmm. the most body horror and like possession yeah. um, are and things we, that really creep me out. And we already like hyped up, you know, the directing in that episode, the cast. Cause like that, that it all kind of just works together perfectly. Yeah, I think um, I'm just thinking about what you said about EBE and uh, the Erlenmeyer flask. And I I spoke in the Erlenmeyer flask about how I really had expected more aliens. And I think I sort of expected the balance of like aliens where it's like little green men alien vibes. And then the other episodes being more along the lines of ice, which is like, you know, there's they're worms from, you know, millions of years ago, whatever. And they are uh, extraterrestrial in that sense, but maybe not like little green men vibes. Yeah. Um, 
As opposed Jenny to did. little green bugs. Yeah. Well, the little green <laughs> bugs really got me too. I don't like anything small that can get inside of my body. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, thank you. So did animorphs scare you? Were you afraid of yeah. that? Were you afraid of the yurks? <laughs> uh, Jenny, did you have a most scared moment? Look at not as afraid of anything Jones over here. Uh, well, no, I mean, moments when I was most afraid uh publishing our pilot episode of the x files <laughs> jennifer owen uh, yeah, brother. asking Hoya <laughs> if she wanted to come uh set up a producer's lair on set uh at the x files headquarters um you know i've seen all these episodes a bunch of times so uh so they have lost their jump scare uh mm-hmm potency mm-hmm. if if they have but but uh, you know tombs is still like blah, uh and ice is still blah. you know Ooh. there's something what's worse a guy who would you fuck marry kill a worm she trying to get in lately. your ear and control your body <laughs> a Man who makes a bile nest every 33 years in which he hibernates before he awakens to eat five livers <laughs> Uh, and a stinky alien baby. <laughs> kill tombs, kill tombs, kill tombs. Latoya, I don't know if you've heard the episode yet, but in our... No, you haven't, because I think John Mark just put yeah, the link in the yeah. edit thing. In that episode, uh, Jenny asks me to play fuck, Mary kill with Anya inside of Jasper's body, Jasper inside of Anya's body, or Frank, her own dog, inside of a- another version of my body. So what is it's really getting with you fucking unhinged. And I like tried to play for a minute and was like, no, wait, what? No. <laughs> Absurd. <sighs> anyway. Uh, so, Jenny, yeah, no one's playing this game. <laughs> no, we're not playing. Um, fair, 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 fair. I actually, Jenny, I have a question um, for you because you are the only one of the three of us that saw the series before, but this is the first time you watched it critically i i suppose we could call it uh, yeah, closely yeah, yeah, yeah. at the very at the very least um so would you say that you feel differently about the show having watched it like this i would say that it really highlighted for me how the first season of shows are <laughs> you know like like i feel like uh this has this season of television has a lot in common with with uh the first season of buffy in terms of like finding its footing and stuff mm-hmm. but also doing something that like wasn't you know really happening so much on television so it's like new and exciting but it's also like oh, the whole the computer that runs the building is uh turning on everyone or Mulder's sister was abducted and he like sees apparitions of her child form uh hither and thither and like it's just like all over the map and then we have these the through line of the the uh myth arc episodes and i actually for me i'm enjoying the myth arc more than i did previously i've always really liked the monster of the week episodes not all of them of course you love every (laughs) single um, one of them you know (laughs) i i gravitate more towards you know ice and darkness falls and tombs and squeeze episodes like that uh historically but i'm i'm more interested now in like what's going to be revealed moving forward in terms of uh possible dark government forces at work alien dna being injected into unwitting children etc etc oh yeah i forgot about the alien dna injected into children and i feel like i tried to do the math to figure out if i could be one of those children oh my god (laughs) But I think that we, I think Jenny and I are at risk for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be us, could be us. We're we are ancient enough. The thing that like is really, I I think before we started doing this watch, I kind of like lumped a lot of like the early seasons of X Files together in one mm-hmm. of that in my mind. And what's cool, even though we just had a blast watching season one, um, what's really cool is that like the bangers are largely yet to come. Mm-hmm. There's there's some really exciting stuff, some really great stuff that I'm excited to watch uh, coming down the the pike here. Do things come down a pike or a pipe? It's the pike. I mean, 
But technically, okay, things phew. do also come down. It could be the pipeline. Ah, uh, coming down okay. the pipeline. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Glad we're clearing this out. Just another <laughs> X Files solved. <laughs> Season two has 25 episodes, which I was just thinking about it. And like, you know, Latoya, we learn a lot from you in the space as a person who works in television. Um, I have learned a lot in terms of like, oh, I didn't like this. And these are the words to explain mm -hmm. why I did not like this thing. Um, and something I think that I pulled from your analysis, maybe not of this particular thing, uh, this particular season, but that like, it seems like there were too many episodes in season one that like perhaps if there were less episodes <laughs> they would have had an easier time making those episodes closer to being all bangers than what we got um so I just want to know from you a like do you agree with that and b do you have fears about the amount of episodes in season two <laughs> uh so I would I would love to say you know with less episodes it'd be more streamlined but um that's what the world we live in now with less episodes and somehow they're they're less streamlined and shows entire yeah. seasons end up being like the entire season is a pilot now that's like one of the worst mm. things with shorter seasons now it's like we get to the season finale and that's setting up what the show really is <laughs> so having yeah. just uh covered um the first season of the oc for episodic medium and maybe depending on when this airs you guys might hear it first i will be doing the rest of the series and oh, that first yeah. season is 27 episodes and even though like the the last few episodes of the first season aren't as great as like like the original episodes it's still it is still pretty much bangers uh season two is 24 the worst season season three is 25 so <laughs> And then I believe season four is 16, uh, despite being the second best season. I will just let you guys know. Uh, oh. I, I do like longer seasons of television allow you to like be more invested in these characters, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, like you even if not everything is a banger or the best episode, like you still care. And that's something that is uh, can be greatly lacking now with short episodes. So despite, you know, <laughs> repeating so many different concepts uh, throughout the season. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily the case for every season that, that's been this long uh, on a show. Like Melrose yeah. Place was like, I think those episodes were like, we're talking like 30 episodes almost, or at least closer wow. to 30 episodes than not uh, those seasons. Um, so, but like, you're not technically repeating the same beats or repeating the same concepts. That's, I think that's, again, more a, a Chris Carter showrunner problem yeah. than just a general problem with the, the, the season length. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, I know. So I have the episode two list up and I didn't really plan on this, but I wonder if we might make some guesses about what some of these episodes are about Latoya and I, um, but yeah, you, you all want to stare into the crystal ball. Well, before we get there, though, before we get there, I want to talk just a little bit more about season one because we talked about like the bigger arcs. Latoya, I just want to know, like, do you have um, OK, I have two. I think I have two questions. One is Scully Mulder feelings. Put that in your pocket. And then uh, my second question is the episode you feel did the best job of the series at getting its work done. Hmm. OK. Oh, you want my answers now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Scully right Mulder right feelings. So uh, I, I listened to your your crystal ball, and I know your uh, your guesses. But from what I've uh, I think I've gleaned from the show via osmosis, cultural osmosis, I feel like we're gonna be waiting a long ass time uh, for Scully and Mulder to do anything. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone got so afraid after moonlighting. They're like, let's delay it even more. Uh, mm. I mean, even in the 2000s, that's what they did with Bones. Uh, and then was it the hundredth episode where it's like, this time they're really getting together. No, it's not a dream. Yes, it was a dream. Oh, <laughs> they just flat out lied and said it wasn't a dream. Like, no, it was very much a dream. It's like an AU episode where they're together. <laughs> That's fucked up. That is rude. Yeah, <laughs> that is not okay. They just straight up lied in promotion, which is not even like we're lying in the trailers. Because, you know, those like in interviews, the showrunner just flat out lied. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're going to be waiting for a while for anything to, to really pop off with these two. And, you know, my, my problem is, uh, as I've said before, I've seen uh, every episode of Californication. <laughs> 
Uh, didn't care for it. Uh, but that is a lot of my uh, David Duchovny feelings in general. Uh, and as for Gillian mm-hmm. Anderson, uh, I saw her be very hot with Hannibal on the show Hannibal. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. like, can you ever reach that level? Mm-hmm. And also, will I not see Californication when I see this man, David Duchovny? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> that is that is my my uh, issue. But also, like, if they kiss, I'd be like, I'd be cool with it. <laughs> you would not be mad if they <laughs> yeah. kissed. I'm not. Gonna be, I'm not. I'm not anti Mulder and Scully. Great. But like, mm-hmm. also, what if Scully fucks Skinner? Honestly, the only person upset would be uh, Sarah Benincasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because she wanted to get there first. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um okay other question what was the second question sorry um i guess the the second question was what episode in season one do you feel did the best job of doing what it said like not doing what it set out to do but like what episode do you feel gave you the x files the way you want to have the x files I, I think yeah i said it in the notes I, it, and earlier it was ebe i think that was the one where it's like yeah this is because they are fed, so it should have a more fed uh, tilt to it, I think, in general, mm-hmm. which isn't often the case, I feel. Um, yeah. Ice was great, and it would have been great at any point in the season, basically, uh, just because of the way it was, and again, the cast. But yeah, I think EB is the best uh, distillation of what the show is or should be or at least what yeah. I, I like most about it so far yeah jenny do you have a favorite a favorite app yeah in season one yeah Ooh, ooh, ooh. listen there's so many great apps <laughs> I really, I'll give you some some ruminating time and say that I've been thinking about this question of mine for myself, and I'm like very torn between the first and last episode, like the because mm. I because I know like it's been a long time since I saw the pilot, but I know that when I saw the pilot, I was like, yes, this mm. this is what I'm fucking here for, and obviously the Earl and Meyer flask played yeah. a lot off of the pilot so if you look at them as like a set then they are my favorite but i don't know which one i like better but they are where i want to live in the mm-hmm. show i did make a, a in my my small amount of notes for this uh, i made a best episodes of the season list and now i think i'll add Ooh. the pilot to it but so pilot ice eve aka smug bitch o'clock <laughs> yeah. ebe darkness falls tombs which i i am loath to give doug hudgeson any credit ever but i do think mm-hmm. it is the better uh version of the tombs episodes mm-hmm. plus it has yeah. a skinner intro uh and the erlen meyer flask yeah yeah that's a solid list all right since latoya has covered every other episode that i feel strongly about in season one i'm gonna go with what i was thinking i would go with anyway maybe which is beyond the sea yeah that's oh, i yeah. thought you were gonna yep i thought you were gonna that is also that yeah that's the one I skipped over. It's a real yeah. crack of the bat episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just look like you're having big thoughts over there, Jenny. So me, I was just thinking. I just watched Batman 1989. Heard of it? Uh, the other evening for the first time in a long time, and I was doing a little background reading and was interested to discover that Brad Dourif was in the roundup of people considered for the Joker. Makes sense for that movie. Oh. What did I just watch? Which... Oh, I just watched Child's Play. I was like, I just saw Brad Dourif somewhere, and it was because I just watched Child's Play. So you heard him? Yeah. Well, you see him in the beginning. <laughs> oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Does he is Chucky a doll that is made out of a man? Yeah, it's a possession thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Brad Dourif is killed, and his and he says this like incantation, <laughs> and he. His, do you know nothing do. about the the Child's Play Chucky series? I, I don't know anything about Chucky. Because you play. didn't realize, because I know at the time you didn't realize that he was Chucky. Yeah, yeah, no, I <laughs> had to be told. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and so Chucky actually is just a doll possessed by Brad Dourif. Um, at least in the first installment, um, I actually don't know if he remains Brad Dourif for the rest of the series. But there's like other Chucky's, so I don't really know what happens there. But I'll I find out. He does. I actually, I would love to uh, watch all of the Child's Play because mm-hmm. I, I I hear the sci-fi show is fucking amazing, and that is definitely Brad. So 
One more uh, Brad uh, Dourif uh, fun fact. So uh, the show Psych, which I love uh, deeply, does have a one flew over the cuckoo's n- uh, nest riff, and Brad Dourif does guest star in that episode. He was in the movie originally, so. Yes, that's a- that's yeah, actually yeah, the only yeah. way that I knew Brad Dourif before mm-hmm. um, watching The X-Files. He's in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, is he? He's warm tongue. He's that gross ass bitch. <laughs> Listen, I had to watch the extended versions of that trilogy during the pandemic. Good. And it was a big blur to me. So that's the only way to watch him, though. I don't know. I was Correct. a lot. It was a lot for me. I probably maybe I'd enjoy it more now, but I really dragged my feet. Joanna Robinson just like carried me through that <laughs> trilogy. Okay. Kristen, anyway, uh... listen, don't listen. I'll get there in my own time and my own way. Okay. <laughs> Is it time to look to the future um, and think big thoughts about what might gaze? Come? Yeah, <laughs> into the ball. Yeah. Uh, what if the what if for this episode the Kristen's Crystal Ball theme music was just and that and is that from Lord <laughs> of the Rings? Yes. <laughs> what in the shit? <laughs> Well, you're going to need to make a new theme song because it, it's going to be um, Kristen and Latoya's crystal ball, actually, <gasps> you know. All we're right, both, all right, all right. We're Chris- both making predictions. Um, two girls, making one ball. Too, apparently. Yeah, but we also have to talk about the predictions that came from the crystal ball. Um, to yeah, see how yeah. I let's did. rate and yeah. review uh, how we've done so far. Kristen, mm-hmm. you may recall uh, consulting with your crystal ball over the last 24 episodes of The X-Files that we've watched. And I've I've taken a magnifying glass and a microscope uh, and some of that, uh, like a black light. Wow. All of it at the same time? Some other stuff to your existing predictions. And um, uh, some of them I find wanting and some of them, hmm. Uh, she said they let suck. Let me check in with That's you. That's what I heard. <laughs> Okay, well, let's see. In uh, season one, episode two, Deep Throat, you put forth that Deep Throat and Smoking Man are in cahoots. And I'm wondering if you're still feel if you and the crystal ball are still feeling that way. Well, I still feel like the Smoking Man is an alien. So in that sense, yes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the Smoking Man is working in some way, at least on behalf of the aliens, if not is an alien himself. So if that's true, then... Yeah, I still I still stand by my theory because Deep Throat was, you know, I mean, he was like deep into it. He remember he said he shot an alien. He had to kill an alien. And probably he I felt too. really bad because his friend Deep Throat was probably his like brother or something, you know? Like I don't know. Okay. Okay, okay. No, but I I do think it's pretty small community. I I at least think it will be revealed. I will be very serious and take all of my joking aside. I technically I'm not really joking about thinking that Smoking Man was an alien, but I do think that the Smoking Man and Deep Throat have crossed paths, and I do think that that will be a part of a story that we learn. Do you know what this reminds me of, this theory that uh, Smoking Man is an alien? It reminds me of uh, in Supergirl where they're like, oh, yeah. Well, obviously, it was never publicly said, but like you could tell from it, where it's like, uh, so Dean Cain plays the father (laughs) to Supergirl and her sister, uh, but that was, of course, before we knew Dean K was a piece of shit. Yeah. So basically, they find a way to be like, okay, so we killed him off our screen. And actually, all that good stuff we saw with him, that was Martian Manhunter pretending to be him. Oh. <laughs> Martian Manhunter, of course, an alien. <laughs> See, wow. It's like he assumed his identity. <laughs> Got it. But yeah, and then uh, Dean K just never was around ever again. And it was great. Well, that was good. Yeah. I- yeah. yeah. Had the biggest crush on Dean Cain in eighth yeah. grade, and yeah. now I have to go back. And- he was my Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they never officially said it, but like anyone with like paying attention, like you knew why Dean Cain was no longer part of the show. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's my my fi- my final answer is okay. they were at least in cahoots. Whether or not Smoking Man is an alien will remain to be seen, but I at least won't be surprised if he is. <laughs> So in that same episode, you said that Mulder has a bunk bed or lofted bed with a tiny desk underneath. However, in the most recent episode, you said Mulder's bed is his couch. How do you account for this discrepancy? Is Kristen on trial? What is happening? 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Latoya. <laughs> Are you now or have you ever been wrong about your crystal ball? <laughs> I'm like, I turn into Greg from uh, Succession. I'm like, and so say it. So say it be said. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, first of all, I have to say that when you called me the lofted bed with the tiny desk underneath it, I was like, Jenny just spoiled what Mulder's bed is and she doesn't realize it. And and like, I'm going to have to pause the episode to tell her that she accidentally said what fucking Mulder's bed was because I forgot that I ever even theorized that that's what his bed was. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the real talk here is that I know that the... I know that his couch isn't his bed because you declare that it isn't, but that's she's not lying. on me. That's on you. Oh, yeah, you think? Do you think she's lying, Latoya? Do you think I, she's just fucking I think trolling she's us? Lying. Objection! <laughs> Council is lying. <laughs> wow, oh, I love this. I actually prefer my crystal ball when Latoya. I prefer my crystal oh, ball when boy. it's inside of Latoya's lair. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Been watching too many David E. Kelly shows right now. I'm going to be objecting all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... Okay, in episode four, Conduit, you put forth that Scully might tell the FBI that Mueller is compromised because of his personal situation at some point this season. And that never happened. But I think that it's uh, I think we should rejoice that that never happened. Yeah, I mean, I think the the choice for that not to happen was a very big one. I think I think she considered it and she made the very big choice because it was a big deal for her to make the choice to not tell you know she's scully is the rule follower scully is the jenny owen youngs um in a lot of ways in that sense she is she follows the fucking rules you know who doesn't follow the rules Mulder or Kristen russo latoya where do you, fo- where do you uh, fall on this scale i guess i'm in the middle <laughs> who's in the middle nice in the middle of Mulder and scully you say perfect place to be not too much room in there <laughs> i feel like if i'm in the middle i'm someone with a terrible british accent <laughs> Ooh, yeah she really um, is ab- british <laughs> the, the, rest, the rest were the terrible british accents around from every vancouver actor <laughs> right, right, right. um speaking of a woman with a british accent and a three-pipe problem I was delighted to discover that in episode seven, Ghost in the Machine, Kristen, you were like, I don't think we're going to see any more past work partners after this episode, but I do think we'll see previous romantic partners. And we did just a few episodes later in Fire. Fuck yeah. I'm a genius. (laughs) You're a genius. I mean, is it you or is it the crystal ball? Okay. Well, we're kind of In that (laughs) In that same F, you predicted the episode Ice would be about something that's discovered in Antarctica or in another really cold place that is frozen, like the amber in Jurassic Park, but make it ice. That's pretty much a bullseye. Honestly, fucking nailed it. You know what? Hire Latoya Ferguson first, but then hire Kristen Russo second. I, I love that you call yourself a genius, whereas I'm like, is this a scathing indictment of Chris Carter? <laughs> because to me, everything's a scathing indictment of Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah, I guess if Kristen Russo can think of the same concepts that Chris Carter can, that is more a burn on Chris Carter than a uh, elevation for Kristen Russo. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, okay. Uh, I also want to just bring up um, your assertion from episode 10, Fallen Angel. Does Deep Throat ever talk to Scully? Hard no. I was close. That's a no for Kristen. I was close. I mean, did we not all gasp when well, he walked in and talked to Scully? 
I don't know. Did it make it onto the podcast where I did the bit where I'm like, is Deep Throat even real or just part of Mulder's like subconscious? Yeah, so I think like, we talked about it. Yeah, so that that's possibly why that was in your your mind. Mm-hmm. So he's actually he doesn't even exist. Of course, he's not talking to Scully. <laughs> I really thought they were going to keep the separation of church and state strong. Uh, so that's what happens if the X Files existed now. Like, yeah, it'd be revealed he doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Or right, at least right, they would right, not right, right. ever have him talk to Scully so that you could wonder if he mm-hmm. existed. And the last highlight that I pulled from this entire season of Kristen's Crystal Ball. My Crystal Ball has an idea of what your final uh, note might be. What do you think it is? I think it is. Uh, it, it has to do with the pilot episode and asking if we would ever return to wherever the first episode was set. I meant to ask. I meant to ask about that. Oh, so my crystal ball is <laughs> actually it not only uh, sees Smarter all, but me. it's yeah, yeah it's helpful. It's, it's hired. Helpful. It's uh, the new host of the X Files. <laughs> so, do you think we'll ever see the class of 1989 again from Belfleur, Oregon? I don't, and I'm really bummed about it. Life is long, and so is this fucking TV show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. It's very. I just. I think when we went to Belfleur, and I was in the pi- that was the pilot, right? Yeah. Yes. I didn't really understand the way that I I know we talked about it. I know we talked about how there would be like, um, you know, monsters of the week or case files of the week or whatever. And there would also be myth arcs. But I think that I really thought that what began in the pilot was going to be more of a thread, even if we didn't like return exactly there, that like that was going to be like step one to step two, to step three, to step four. And it was going to build. And this season, at least this season, did not really do that. I mean, the only continuity between episodes um, outside of the government doesn't want Mulder to be looking where Mulder is looking where it was like squeeze and tombs in like the continuation. But there wasn't a lot of like, we found out this is real. And so now we're using that to find out if this is real vibes. Does that make sense? I think the thing that happened, the, the thread from the pilot that like really kicked this all off and that continued forward and will be with us hopefully forever is the partnership of special agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. Yeah. And but their I, beautiful love. But I'm ready for the aliens, you know? Uh, ready for the aliens. Well, the the last seed that I want to oh, plant in your Jenny, mind. Sorry to interrupt, oh. but I will say... I actually disagree with Kristen. I think we could see a follow-up to the pilot. It feels very much, especially with this show, like though it would be a follow-up when the show is quite long in the tooth uh, and we are mm. running out of ideas. It's like, mm. hey, remember that thread? Let's, let's do that. Long in the tooth or just long in the season. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what could we go back to? Yeah, basically one of those. I don't think it would be something that was planned to go back to, but like eventually it's like, yeah. this is an idea. They do yep. say always trust your first instinct, you know, and I really did one of those things where I like colored it in A and then like second guessed myself just now and erased it and colored it in B. But mm-hmm. that's where I am. <laughs> OK, the last thing from your your really impressive catalog of predictions, which everyone can enjoy at bufferingcast.com slash crystal ball. Is this coming from the our conversation in uh episode 22 born again who is queequeg your answer was queequeg is a small robot who is part of a space program and makes little jokes with Mulder and scully like r2d2 but on earth and as part of nasa now there's nothing to guffaw at yet i just i just want to keep this particular prediction just sort of like in our atmosphere for the amazing moment one day in our future when the question who is Queequeg is answered and we can compare the show's answer to the crystal ball's answer. I just want everyone to know that my imagination is so strong that I already love Queequeg so much. (laughs) (laughs) Queequeg is a a, a jump the shark moment in Kristen's mind. She's like, I love it. Seriously, it's a risk. It's a risky. It's a risky life I lead, but you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. great. Okay, well, this has been a lovely jaunt down memory lane. Should we look to the future 
Yeah, let's look to the future. I actually, since you just said that link, bufferingcast.com slash um, crystal ball, I went over there just to take a peek. And I have a question um, for LaToya. Jenny asked me in Tombs what I thought was going to happen with Skinner moving forward. And I, I answered that he'd start as a bad guy on the show, but that over time he'd soften. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what your feelings are about that or if you have another take, another prediction for Skinner moving forward. Uh. So again, because osmosis, osmosis obviously hits me with pop culture stuff in a way it doesn't yeah. hit you, Kristen. So I, yeah. I'm always amazed by how you can not know something about <laughs> anything. You and Jill, it always because Jill, <laughs> Jill is finally watching the OC for the first time, and some of her reactions, uh, <laughs> some good stuff. Uh, but from what I think, I vaguely know, so I believe, uh, I think Skinner's function, other than just Mitch Pileggi rules and uh, great genre character actor is that especially the way this ends and because you know one of my big issues was uh scully as the skeptic contrarian to the point where it's like well come on now Mm -hmm. Uh, i think his role is more to be uh so scully will now kind of be more in the middle like that middle territory that i was talking about with skinner being like the full-on skeptic which makes sense too as like you know the suit the the man behind the desk as well because he's not going to be out he might be you know, but he's not out in the field the way Mulder and Scully are pretty right. much. So yeah. I, I think just like as a uh, a necessary character for the show and like in this realm of the story, he's kind of that. He's like, he's the new level of skeptic in a way that also like just helps Scully as a character. Because, yeah. you know, that, that I, I like that's an issue they were having in general, making Scully not too skeptical or quote unquote the nag and everything even if she is more practical than Mulder, because how can you not be more practical than Mulder? <laughs> like, hey, you think this little girl's possessed? What? <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. I mean, I don't think we talked about it in like a general way, but um, the f- the fact that like we literally see Scully see an alien yeah. in the last episode. It's a little alien baby. It's so cute. Little, a little alien baby. Like that I think is powerful for what's going to happen in the future. And they are, they also like, because of the like overdoing of the skeptic in the beginning, like three quarters of the season, I feel like she saw the alien Jenny's smug bitch face right now. Super smug. Fucking Super so smug. Like keep a poker Ooh. face for three seconds. Jennifer. <laughs> but it's just, okay. So here's what I was going to say. And I will try to power through the smug bitch face. of Jenny. <laughs> Um, is that I feel like because she's seen, because she's seen and we've seen her see, and also they started to set up this like more nuanced vibe of instead of like Scully doesn't believe and Mulder does, it's sort of like Scully sees how Mulder's belief is actually blinding him to some of the truth. Like that to me is more fun and there's more nuance Mm -hmm. there and it's less of like Scully doesn't believe anything. It's just that even if Scully understands that there is you know, something more out there that she's still going to be trying to keep Mulder reined in because he gets a little wild with his alien and possession and ghosty theories. Jenny, do you have anything that you need to say? Are you okay? (laughs) While you were talking, I just like was overcome with the memory of, um, and the vision of, uh, the fuck, Mary kill, contestant that i came up with which was <laughs> your body with frank's voice inside of it i'm so sorry it just really got me yeah it's really gonna haunt uh, us for the rest of our lives collectively i am haunted yeah i am more sure. i think i am more haunted as a matter of fact <laughs> i'm simply so sorry wait not to be super scattered but i also realized that i needed to know if latoya has absorbed through cultural osmosis what who Queequeg is, and if not, if you have any thoughts about who uh, Queequeg is. I have is. been actually spoiled on what that is. I, oh, I, I, damn I know what, okay. Yeah, I know okay. the deal, so. God, I would have really loved to know what your unspoiled guess on Queequeg <laughs> would have been. Um, okay, looking forward. How should we look forward? How do we do this part? Well, first you squint, and you gaze directly into the, the amethyst sun. glow <laughs> of the sun. <laughs> And then you say, ow, that hurts. And then you hold up the closest thing to you in between your eyes and the sun, which is a amethyst crystal ball that will diffuse the sun's harmful yet warming rays Perfect. and prevent them from blinding you. Kristen's crystal ball, she can see it all. 
Okay. I'm going to read titles of episodes from season two, and I'm going to ask one of you to tell me what the episode is about based only on the title. Are your Is your hand resting softly yet firmly on the crystal ball? Yes. But you're going to ask, and, you're going to... De- and LaToya? <laughs> nice. I have Grab one hand ball. on the crystal ball and one hand on LaToya, and then LaToya has one hand on the crystal ball and one hand on me, and then... We're- <laughs> Yeah, this so, doesn't sound like any of my both. business. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, okay, beautiful friends. Uh, okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. Kristen, mm-hmm. what is the host about? Tell mm. me about the host. I don't like the episode uh, at all. Actually, <laughs> uh, it's. <laughs> Uh, I can tell you that right now because I think I established at the beginning I don't like when uh, I don't like body horror and I don't like possession. And to me, an episode that is titled The Host can only be one or both of those two things. Um, So I'm going to say that The Host is uh, akin to ice in the worm to ear vibe, but that it will be Mm. instead of a worm. um... (sighs) The spirit of someone recently murdered who was transferred into a bird and that bird possesses a person and the person is the host the spirit goes into a bird and then the bird possesses a person yep okay. i think you just recited uh jenny's prayer from forrest gump <laughs> Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. (laughs) Well, so what I wanted it to be more was a bug. But then I was like, they did a worm already. And so then I wound up at bird. But a bird can't really get inside of a person very easily. So I kind of blew my own. What about the show so far has said they won't do it again? (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. But I don't want to like borrow from their pre-existing catalog. (laughs) Oh, why should but that I, prevent I, you? I, like, fuck, fuck the bird. The bird is just LOL. Why do I think the things that I think? But I do think that it will be like um, a spirit or entity in some form inhabiting the body of the host and making the host do mm-hmm. wretched things while we see his skin, his skin moving around. That's Ugh. what I'm most. When I hear the host, I just think of like something under the skin and I hate it, which is why I don't like the episode The Host. Okay. Okay. Um, Latoya. Okay. Oh my God. What if it's a episode about <laughs> Scully hosting a dinner party though? You know? Uh, could be. Okay. Latoya. Latoya, what is irresistible about? Ooh. Are we doing pheromones again? That's what it sounds like to me. It does. Hmm. Something, uh, if not pheromones, something's happening. Uh, with the power of persuasion comes to mind. Is it sexy persuasion? We'll find out. Is it offensive? Probably. <laughs> Irresistible. All right, all right. Maybe that's the episode where my prediction that Scully and Mulder would accidentally wind up in a compromising position even though they hadn't <laughs> actually kissed. Maybe that's the episode where that happens. Okay, some some sort of we have to escape down the laundry chute and then we <laughs> land in a heap face to crotch. <laughs> uh, okay, Kristen, what's the episode Dwayne Barry about? I saw that title and all I could think about was Dwayne Reed, the yeah. pharmacy <laughs> in New York City, which my mother for a very long time in her childhood thought was uh, a store called Do You Want to Read? Um, so uh, Dwayne Barry. OK, oh, Dwayne Barry um, is an episode about an ex of Scully whose name is Dwayne Barry. <laughs> um, and Mulder is jealous at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mulder is actually jealous the whole time. He doesn't stop being jealous. But the issue is that uh, Mulder, when Mulder starts investigating Dwayne Barry, he Mm -hmm. actually learns that he's done some really bad things. And he has to tell Scully. And Scully has to come Mm -hmm. to terms with the fact that she has to arrest Dwayne Barry. Mm -hmm. And an alien comes. Imagine being stuck in the middle of a love triangle with a man named Fox and a man named (laughs) Dwayne. 
Dwayne uh, Barry. Latoya, can I ask you what Red Museum is about, or do you already have too much information? I already have too much information, yeah. Fearful symmetry, if you please. Ooh, fearful symmetry will involve models, like runway models, um, and there will this will also involve aliens. I don't know. I haven't yet sorted out, but, like, there will be something about, like, the... Um, the symmetry of a human face as appealing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, like uh, that is allegedly what attracts one human to another human is like the symmetry of a face. That's why models are, you know, chosen based on the way that they're chosen, et cetera. And it will play on that. And it will be like th- either the models are like AI vibes or the models mm-hmm. are like alien vibes. Strangely, it's, uh, I think that would be a, a good guess. Maybe later in television, despite this being mm. the era of the supermodel, like procedurals weren't really doing the model episode of the week, I think. Fair, fair. Maybe they <laughs> maybe they break it for us. Maybe a they, very they... strange thing to have context for, but like <laughs> that's that's what I'm good for. <laughs> Listen, Latoya, that is literally why you have an entire lair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm gonna maybe just ask one more. Okay. okay. Latoya what can you tell me about F emasculata? Ooh, I didn't even see that title when I scanned. Could you uh, say the title in the form of a sentence? <laughs> F emasculata is the 22nd episode of the second season of the American <laughs> science fiction television series, The X-Files. Burn. Okay, so she got you good. Yeah, <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing it's like uh, F period and then emasculata. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that is a, a case file name, like the name of a person in one of our X files. So this could be anything. This could be, let's see. Ooh. I think what's going to be about is about this cute, adorable robot that they, they find, Mulder and yes, Scully. Yes! Queequeg, Queequeg, Queequeg. Yes, this is the Queequeg episode. <laughs> this is the intro of Queequeg. The backdoor pilot to Queequeg. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can't believe i have to wait this long to get to this episode to meet <laughs> queen <Quack. laughs> yep that's it that's absolutely mm. what it is incredible what about little green okay. men <laughs> yeah yeah what do you think little green men is about latoya queen Quack. <laughs> i but, am curious latoya did you watch ahead did you not um, yet i need to yet. i i get to do the fun of rewatching the oc season two and watching uh x-files season two at the same time because i am really curious how you think they'll land in the first episode of season two after the finale like where you mm. think they're gonna set up scully and Mulder. Mm. have you already watched it no Okay, I gotta say, if you had watched it, I would know there's no Queequeg yet, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, because th- what happens is the X-Files is shut down, but they're not fired from being FBI agents. They gotta do some shit, so either something like a normal FBI case, wherever they have been reassigned, turns out to be not so normal, or of course... Fox Mulder is doing shit he's not supposed to do. <laughs> he drags Scully into it. Hell yeah. That, that's mm. most likely what's happening here. And then we, I think we, we just, we have to open up the X-Files again. We just got it. We, we just got it, Mr. Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that like, it. Oh, I really hope that we have like a Mulder at his house and it's just every single X-File that he's like pulled from the FBI offices now in his house that we get a lot of like yeah. around Mulder's kitchen table vibes. He took multiple <laughs> trips hiding the files under his shirt to sneak them out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, wow. Jenny. Yo. Do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share as we wrap up the first season of The X-Files? I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm having fun. And I'm excited to watch season two. I, you know... Had to, I like, in in preparation for starting to record season one, I watched all of season one, binge style, and was like, woo, and then hit a wall when it was time to, you know, when I got to the end of the season. Yeah, so excited to wait 
watch the next season of the show. Yeah, I'm curious if we'll play it all with format inside of the podcast because it, it's it's f- like it's fun for many reasons to go this is one. The first time hearing about it, so well, I just like it's fun to go one at a time. But we generally, you know, there's like a week to two weeks between. When we tape, it takes a little while. And I'm just wondering if maybe in one of these seasons, I get to also do a binge watch uh, of the season. And I can write down my prediction. I won't do it in two, but I'm just planting the seed. I can write down my predictions like before. But at least, because I do think that there's something different about being able to like watch a, a, like a chunk of episodes at a time um, versus, I, I guess like, they were watched once a week. But, you know. This is how we used to do it in the olden days. That's true. <laughs> Uh, LaToya, how, what are your um, closing thoughts on being a part of the X-Files season one? Uh, well, I enjoyed this, the season one of the, the television show uh, to varying degrees and levels. And, uh, you know, we'll see if I finally hit that moment where like, OK, I'm glad I'm now watching this series in general. <laughs> I don't know if I've quite hit that uh, point, especially with yeah. there's, there's so many seasons. There's movies, too. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, but I, of course, I love working with you guys and I love listening to you guys talk about this show. That's always fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm, of course, excited for more of yes. the EX Files always. Hell yeah. I'm hoping that for you and I, LaToya, we hit our stride in season two of the television show because I'm like very ready mm-hmm. to feel the feelings that I felt when I watched the pilot and the feelings that I then got reminded of a couple of like definitely a couple times during the, the yeah. season. But you know, I could not, I watched the first episode so far before we started the podcast and I had to wait so long and I was like, you know, I just couldn't wait to hit play. And I really believe that that will uh, take us both at some point. And I hope it's mm-hmm. this season. Um, I'm very excited for more. Yes. Oh my God. You guys, I'm just scanning the episode list for season three. Uh, we're not and there I'm yet. So excited! So you're already saying season two sucks. Season three is where it's at. No, 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 no. I just like I just looked at season two for a while, and now I'm looking at season three, and I'm really excited. I mean, if we use Buffy as a template, then like season one, rough stuff, you know. Uh, season two, some better stuff, and by the time you're making your way to the end of season two, you are just really fucking in it, and then you are just banging in season three just there absolutely are, having a blast there are definitely there's like a a number of episodes that are considered i think by a lot of fans of the show to be the best episodes of the show in season three um all right well latoya thanks for joining us thank you for having or, me of course did we join you are we in your lair or did you come we're in latoya's lair. this is a merger is what's happening actually oh yeah. who acquired who <laughs> i feel acquired I think we've been acquired by We're going L-L- to succession L-L-C. right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, L L L L C. Nice. <laughs> um okay, well, what is the status, Jenny, of this X file? The status of this X file is just three gal pals, gal palling around, making a podcast. Has an X file ever done that before? Probably not. I just pictured like a manila folder talking into a microphone, you know? (laughs) 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 All right. Well, um, listen, happy holidays and we'll see you in the new year at some point, probably February with uh, season two of the EX. Oh, yes. Jenny and I promise to remain ex-wives into 2024. (laughs) I can't promise the same. You know that moment when you realize danger is right around the corner? 
Maybe you feel it on the, on the back of your neck, like those little hairs that stick up, right? Or, or the palms of your hands are itchy and hot at the same time, or your heart is beating so fast it's, it's like a hum? Well, I love that feeling, and I'm pretty sure that you do too. So let me introduce you to Adrenaline. My name is Neil Hellikers, and I am the host of Adrenaline, which is a curated collection of Realm's most riveting thrillers. And as your host, I'll be here to guide you through a new audio series coming at you each month. So whether you're uncovering the secret of disappearing ships in the Bermuda Triangle or in the race of your life against time and your evil doppelganger and it's only Tuesday, fight or flight are not your only options in the face of danger. Sometimes you just need to keep on listening. So buckle in, yeah, get get that one too, yeah, that chin strap is important, and get ready to embark on a journey of adrenaline. Available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>